Welcome to the uh, last episode in the first season of the Spiritual Spectrum Podcast. I'm Elena. I'm Elena. <laughs> you can be me. I'm I'll Elena. <laughs> I'm Taylor. <laughs> so if you've been listening to every episode by now, you should know that that's not true. But <laughs> fuck it. We're going with it. Um, today's episode is about the ley lines. And um, if you haven't heard of ley lines, um, you're going to learn all about them. So, mm-hmm. so essentially, why do I feel like I don't know how to start this podcast? Because it's a weird topic, a, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like... Weird, it's a weird topic. There, I, I feel you on that. It's like you and I were both looking it up and we were just talking right now about how, like, it's, it's, a, it's a thing... And you can look it up and be like, wow, that's really a thing. And then uh, there's a lot of conflicting opinions on oh. how it works and what it is. Or even like, if it exists, honestly. Because or even, it, yeah. So it's it's hard to find information that we can say like X, Y, Z about this subject. Like it's not really like that. So it's, yeah. it's definitely more nebulous. Yeah, I feel It's that. a weird one. But, yeah. um, but you know, we're going to get into it. So uh, I'm going to use one of my favorite sources wikipedia so let me let me read the internet to you um ley lines are (laughs) straight alignments drawn between various historic structures and prominent landmarks um also we'll we'll get into the history of it obviously but it also the way that i understand it is it's sort of like an energy grid it's a grid of lines that go around the earth that Mm -hmm. are like these energetic pathways Yes. And um, this is why it's considered pseudoscience, because there's no scientific way to measure this. Mm-hmm. And also kind of what ley lines are evolved over time. Yes. Which, of course, we're going to get into. Yes. And a lot of people refer to it as uh, the meridian system of the Earth, mm. which do you know what the meridian system is? I don't know what the meridian system is. I know yeah. that we have energy meridians in our body, and that's right. like when you do that's like we're EFT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in EFT, right. And in healing touch, we have specific healing techniques that are just for the meridian lines. Um, one of them is the scutter technique, which is the name of the man who kind of made that technique. But we of use course. it to like really clear through the energy system. It's this kind of... Um, like it's a very complex, minor, uh, subtle energy system that kind of wraps all around your body. Like how you think of like ballerina shoes mm. wrapping around your leg. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like that, like all over your body. And so there are like energy techniques where we kind of scoop through these lines and it's meant to help with things like neuropathy or like deep addiction, things mm. like that. It's a very... It's a very uh, well-known energy system in energy practicing. It's also uh, something I believe uh, the Nadi system belongs to the Meridian system as well. Um, it's really hard to find images of these things. I have one um, on like in a book that I have. It's like if you search, if you Google search it, you can't find it. So I'll I'll post on the Instagram. I'll post the Human Meridian system so you guys can see it. Mostly because it's just like you can't find a picture of it anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure yeah. we'll I'm sure we'll find us because I, I tried to watch a YouTube video. Uh, I was telling Elena earlier, tried to watch a YouTube video by a guy who wrote a book called uh, Earth Grids, um, who like 
Because the whole entire movement was uh, called Earth Mysteries was kind of generated off of this concept of ley lines. And um, he had images of this grid and was talking about like the geometry of the lines and, you know, all this shit. I really couldn't stay focused, but he had images and so I'm sure we can find some. So you'll see the energy meridian on the, uh, what do you call it? On the body and on the earth. And after some minor technical difficulties, we're back. We're back again. <laughs> I can't help that I'm... <laughs> I wish I could say it's I know okay. how to use Zoom. But uh, luckily I got out of the pandemic unscathed. <laughs> unscathed by Zoom? Uh, yeah. I'm, I I'm super scathed by Zoom, so... Uh, hey, but it was for it your benefit. It, it works good. for me. I got no problems with Zoom. Um, but anyways, I think what I was talking about is we're just talking about energy grids and pictures of it. And you'll see some, just check the gram. There's going to be some shit there. So, you know. Yeah. I'll put some pictures. Yeah. And you can send me anything that you think is important. Um, but yeah, we got some good images here. So, um, you were saying the about, lines. uh, the meridians we're talking yes. about. Yeah. Yes. How meridians uh, work. so I, so this is, I feel like I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but what the, they were essentially like, you could say discovered or they were named the lays or the ley lines. Like the person who in modern times created this idea was an English antiquarian, Alfred Watkins. An antiquarian mm. is somebody who likes old shit. I had to look that up. Um, oh, okay, yeah, good, because I didn't know antiques. that. I love that. Um, but I also read that he... Yeah, here he is. I have a picture of him with an old camera. There One he of those is. Really old kind with Dig- the, the cloth. Yep, digging look at him go. his old shit. So check, find that on the <laughs> gram. Um, but like what some people talk about is like uh, Alfred Watkins was like, he was like an an archaeologist and he was like a man of science and not Mm -hmm. uh this esoteric like mystical dude which this idea of the lays became that um but he Mm -hmm. really he was english like i said and so he was in um Mm -hmm. i think it's called i don't know i'm not english but i think you say it herefordshire herefordshire Herefordshire. yeah um and that's like where like it's a beautiful part of the country Herf- yeah. Herf- Herfordshire. Herf- Herfordshire. Yeah. Herfordshire. Yeah. Herfordshire. I'm not English. I've um, watched enough Top Gear to guess. I mean, I love <laughs> I love Top Gear and I never paid attention to how they pronounced things. Um, but uh, essentially he was out there in this beautiful country with rolling hills and all this shit and then he just saw these lines like it was like uh there's a quote that i guess is in everything else that i've read and is not on this fucking um wikipedia (laughs) fucking article i'll just read Um, what i've got here just um while you look for that but um so as i as i do i looked for just Actually, I didn't look for a book on this. I'm lying. Someone on a website was you like, came across should... a book as you fucking do every time. Yeah, you are led to books, <laughs> and I am so not. <laughs> <laughs> and also, but this book was by uh, is co-written by Philip Cargom and Richard Haygate, 
And, of course, Philip Cargom is my man. He's the Druid Tarot guy. Um, for our listeners, uh, I'm, I'm totally like a little bit of a geek fangirl moment. He followed me on Instagram after our tarot <laughs> episode. And I was like, oh, my God. And there's only like two people that I could like geek out with that. <laughs> you know? yep. I was like, oh, wow. Anyway, he's really nice. He like sent me a, a little message. Nice guy. So um, he wrote this book, and um, I'll just read a little excerpt about Alfred Watkins here. It says, he was a landscape photographer in Herefordshire. Yes. Noticed that there were ancient sites that seemed to be aligned with others nearby. His idea was that our ancestors built and used prominent features in the landscape as navigation points. These features included prehistoric standing stones and stone circles, like Stonehenge, Barrows and mounds, hill forts and earthworks, ancient moats, old pre-Reformation churches, old crossroads and fords, prominent hilltops, and fragments of old straight tracks. Watkins went on to suggest that the lines connecting these ancient sites represented old trackways or routes that were followed in prehistoric times for the purpose of trade or religious rites. And in 1921, he coined the term ley lines to describe these alignments. Watkins founded the Old Straight Track Club, which you had read about as well, mm-hmm. to encourage lay hunting. So to find, you know, like he was an antiquarian, like you said. So he really like wanted to just discover old forgotten history that, you know, nobody was looking for except for them. So that was what the Old Straight Track Club was uh, meant to do as they looked for ley lines and members spent their weekends looking for traces of these ancient trails. And they have a, a quote from Alfred Watkins here that says, the old track was no mean achievement in surveying and engineering. Road making was not part of its scheme, for the attitude seems to have been, Mother Earth is good enough for you to walk or ride on, and will pave a way through the streams, soft places, and ponds, and our chief job is to point the way. This, the old layman did magnificently. So he's saying that, like, natural way pathways of the earth, um, the earth is going to show them to you, and, and old prehistoric humans were like yeah easy no problem right because it's just like um have you ever heard of that architecture the human architecture style where they don't put roads into a new um area and they just see where people walk no and then they then pave the roads over the the grass that's been worn down yeah that's a it's a efficient architecture style it's um you'll notice in certain like uh, like commercial building areas there are like pathways built but then there's like this piece of grass that everyone walks over mm. and it's totally like wrecking the grass because it's more efficient to go that way so there are architects who won't put paved pathways in until they see the way that people want to walk mm. and then they'll notice the the wearing down of the land and then they'll put paved pathways into that Interesting. Um, which I learned from Mrs. Kneidenberg <laughs> You remember her? What did she teach? Algebra. <laughs> oh yeah, she was, God! Yeah, dude, I thought about her recently, um, just because she was a really intense teacher. But I forgot her she, name. Completely. Yeah, she was. She was Austrian. Remember, she couldn't say like certain things because she was Austrian. I she, was she had a funny accent. Is, is I thought she was German. Austrian. She was Austrian. Oh. But either way, so um. Then Alfred Watkins here. So going back to um, this book by Philip Cargom here and uh, Richard, what's his name? Oh, uh, Richard, what's know. his name? Yes, going back to this book by Philip Cargom and Richard Haygate. Um, so we see Alfred, uh, he has a little bit of a, an, a biography here, I should say. 
Famous for his concept of ley lines, Alfred Watkins, a fellow of the Royal Photographic Society, was oh. also a keen amateur archaeologist and antiquarian, as you said. Mm-hmm. Alfred Watkins spent his lifelong uh, or his long life in the city of Hereford, working first for his father's brewery and flour mill. Hmm, that sounds like my life. <laughs> his passion for <laughs> photography led him to invent the an exposure meter, which he manufactured in a room at the mill. Oh, wow, he was an inventor. The Watkins Meter Company was formed to sell them at a guinea each. Hmm. He invented and produced more photographic equipment and published two manuals on photography. In 1910, he was made a fellow of the Royal Photographic Society. While at the mill, he also formulated new flour blends for making brown bread known as the Vagos or Wandering Maiden Loaf. Oh, my God. Catch me, like, making Ron oh my this God. at the bakery. <laughs> but it was called the Wandering Maiden Loaf from Roman, the Roman name for the River Y, W-Y-E. Watkins you know I was don't a man. know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Watkins was a man of many enthusiasms. A keen beekeeper, he gave public talks to promote the Liberal Party and often lectured with slideshows at Woolhope Naturalists Field Club. A keen archaeologist and antiquarian, the idea of ley lines came to him one day in June of 1921 when he had finished his work for the day. The weather was fine and he looked at his map for somewhere interesting to explore and he noticed that several ancient sites fell into a straight line that passed over prominent hilltops. He spent the rest of his life researching lays and his book, The Old Straight Track, has remained in print ever since its publication in 1925. That would be an interesting thing to look up for anyone who's really interested in this. Uh, the Old Straight Track by Alfred Watkins, published in 1925. You can see an exhibition on his work at the Hereford City Museum. That would be cool to see if I ever get over there. His collection of books and negatives is housed in the li- city library, where you can also buy prints of his photographs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to go on a vacation now. <laughs> I always want to go on a vacation. And. So, yeah, that's I don't think uh, any of this other stuff is really necessary. But, um, yeah, I think that's a really uh, a good explanation of where he was coming from. Uh, that, no, he uh, Watkins attributed no magical power to Lays. But while he and his friends poured over maps and drove out to ancient sites, other groups believed the lines were, in fact, magical. That they represented lines of subtle energy, like I said, the subtle energy body of the meridian system, that traveled along the land. According to this theory, prehistoric people were more sensitive to the existence of these lines mm. and therefore erected their single standing stones or uh, built their circles to channel the energy of these lines in order to use it for their own purposes, perhaps healing or radiating fertility to the land, um, worshiping gods, other occult means. And the occultist Dion Fortune suggested in her 1936 novel, The Goat Foot of God, that lays marked the lines of force between power centers. And I'll get into some witchy stuff about how witches go to these power centers, uh, Wiccans, and that's kind of like a thing. That's a little um, hobby we have, yeah. I suppose. Um, yeah, so that's uh, what this book has to offer about that, which I think is pretty well, um, yeah, I don't know, well explained. Yeah, yeah. so I found the quote that I've been looking for. Um, good, good. And I think that this is probably also where, uh, like, some of the – magical esoteric um like attraction comes from Mm. um because it says like you know like you said it you know he was he noticed on a map that these 
historical sites or these places were in a in a line. And what this says is that he was um, on a sunny afternoon in 1921 while he was out riding his horse along the rolling hills surrounding the hamlet of Black Wardine. Watkins had an astonishing revelation while looking out over the landscape, which he later described as being a, quote, flood of ancestral memory, unquote. Oh, so he had like a clear moment? Yeah, it suddenly dawned on him that a network of lines stood out like glowing wires all over the surface of the county. He noted that, noted that these grid-like markings ran in perfectly straight paths, crisscrossing at certain locations he called terminal points, which usually coincided with such sites as beacons, mounds, holy wells, um, natural springs that are considered sacred, and churches and ruins. Um, and then essentially like that experience inspired him to create the theory of ley lines, which uh, you know became very popular. And like you were saying, uh, what was the thing that he created? Like the old, whatever, the old. Oh, the old straight track. The old club. straight track club. So like that cropped up. I guess that during that time, um, like hiking was gaining popularity. So, yeah, which is so cute. I you know? know. Like you just think about like a hundred <laughs> years ago, like Brits being like, yeah, you know what? Let's walk. Let's get out there. And wow. um, Such and a then fad. yeah, and then like he was basically, you know being like oh like there are these tracks to follow um and so then people started going out and like walking along the tracks and um and there are some uh like images of people walking on these like ley lines that uh where it's like there's like these grooves in the dirt that are like they're like parallel with each other but they uh you know they like kind of go down along the path and so it's like it's like, oh, it's easy to see. Like these are the well-worn paths of like of our ancestors essentially. And um and then there's also I found something and I don't remember where I found it, but uh that was talking about how the ley lines are also like fairy paths and Yeah, I have something about that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in in um Chinese history, they're called dragon lines and uh, oh, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah, totally. So this isn't like exclusively um, a British thing. and mm-hmm. But because this guy was British and it was a thing in Britain, then there are also people who are like, well, it's not only in Britain. And like there are archaeologists that are like, we are we don't subscribe to the idea that this is a purely British thing and it only exists right. in Britain. And so there are other ancient um cultures that had this concept and so that also kind of supports the idea of this being like like a meridian like an energy meridian you know like kind of grid um mm-hmm. which i'd say yeah like that Wal- Wat- watkins was um like watkins was more coming from like a historical perspective right mm-hmm. so yeah and i, I mean, mean you did have that quote where he like. yeah Except least, maybe that's got, where maybe that was his spin to make himself more got like his ancient whatever, download. Yeah, I don't know. He did have a download. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I didn't. You know, it's funny is because I I believe you know a lot of people try not to publicize that experience because they want to be taken seriously. It's an mm-hmm. easy way to discount someone if they're having that kind of experience. Yeah. I didn't find that quote anywhere. Oh my that, god! I saw it all yeah. over the place. That's so funny. I mean, it must be the thing that everyone points to to prove, you know, that even the science guy was like, 
I'm I'm having a spiritual experience here, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. He was he was on the spiritual spectrum. He was fully <laughs> on the spiritual spectrum. Um, absolutely. But I guess there was an idea, like in the 1800s, this idea of ancient sacred sites that might have been constructed in alignment with one another was proposed in 1846 by the Reverend Edward mm. Duke. Um, because hmm. he had observed some prehistoric monuments and medieval churches aligned with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And in 1909, that idea was advanced in Germany. Um, a guy named Wilhelm Toot. Toot. I don't know. I don't speak German. <laughs> I pretty much only speak English in case that hasn't become completely clear to everybody. Um, but this guy <laughs> argued for the presence of linear alignments connecting various sites that suggested that they had a religious and astronomical function. In Germany, the idea was referred to as Heiliglinen. Holy lines. Heiliglinen. Heiliglinen. You have to say it like you're mad and then you'll be good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This idea was adopted by some proponents of Nazism. So not great. Um, But so, and again, Alfred Watkins kind of created or had this idea in um, 1921. So both of these examples predate that so it's not like he originated Mm, it he just had his own experience with identifying it and seeing it and then gave it a name and yeah Mm -hmm. and that's what like again you know the early british trackways i guess that was a book that he also wrote um in 1922 uh, before he wrote the old straight track um Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of like arguments about like well there's a few things one in Britain, there are so many historical sites that it's really easy to just draw a straight line and hit a few of them because yeah. there are so many. And then there's also arguments because I guess there's all of these mounds, which like I, I know I've heard of, but yeah, um, it's like, oh, like they're significant, but like they're not tombs. It doesn't seem like anything's buried in them. A lot of people think that there's, yeah, that there's pyramids underneath them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because like aren't, isn't at least one of them or a few of them like as big as the pyramids yeah yeah and mm-hmm. so and then, yeah i mean so and like, then there's usually something on top of them yeah so like they have yeah. some you know significance but not always but, but usually yeah right but it's so it's mm-hmm. like the arguments are like okay well you know what dictates something that is sacred or important does it have to be a certain size like does it have to be so old like and because again, it's so easy to to draw a straight line and hit right. so many like significant or like sacred ancient things in Britain because mm-hmm. it's such an old fucking place. Like, obviously, the Earth is really yeah. old and but old there's and, just... and developed, but it's very developed. Exactly. For, you know. Yeah. It's like it's an old version of developed uh, culture. Yeah. There is one giant line. You probably saw the picture. It's kind of in the south of England and it goes from like south east like to northwest. It's like this line that goes, it's like just north of London. It's um, south of Birmingham. So it's like this, it's just this like south east to northwest like huge line across the south of England that has just like tons of stuff on it I didn't but then a lot one. of people are like yeah but then it's like you know a lot of people are like well it's right by London like it was probably a trade route <laughs> right and it goes and it goes to the stretches of like different ports like you would go through different um you know there, it goes from sea to sea mm-hmm. so 
it, it should be technically you would think of it probably as like a trading route mm-hmm. but um but it was yeah it was just it's huge so if you look it up um i'll i have a video that i'll link below that's uh ley lines in five minutes it's like five minutes of ley lines. <laughs> it was a great little snapshot video it was actually pretty pretty good kind of gets to all the folklore and all the the ideas that are presented when you talk about ley lines which yeah i think, I think that i think that the folklore is pretty fun um but the other the other criticism of this idea was like like yeah you might be able to draw a line and hit all these things but those things were not all created at the same time and you know like they all were created at different time like points in time and periods of yeah. history and so I could see that like certain things predate other things and they might have literally nothing to do with the other things mm-hmm. that are in line with it and so it's just yeah. kind of like again this is where there's no like science or history right. that can really support that like those yeah. lines are significant again beyond like maybe it's a tra- trade route because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line and so right. if people have just historically gone this direction then why not build a significant thing along this path so that people can access it and it doesn't necessarily have to relate to some other things that are also in this straight right. line um so it's kind of like you know it's like do you want there to be this greater meaning or is it just like people just use these paths and that's it Mm -hmm. and totally yeah Mm -hmm. it's more about travel than energy which is why you know there's a little bit i saw about united states ley lines and how they're like you really just have to follow the native american yes like you can't you can't pretend like anything built by modern day americans has to do with this like it's not Mm -hmm. it's not gonna go that way unless it you know maybe we were like tuned in and did it on accident i don't doubt that very much um yeah but they say you know if you live in the united states and there's like you're gonna have to look up a list you're not gonna know where to go because we don't preserve that native american landmark culture we don't we don't have that so um i have a list (laughs) i'll give it to you guys i'll post it but um one of there's the montana megaliths the prior mountain megaliths in montana so there's some stuff in montana bighorn medicine wheel in new york Sedona, Arizona, I guess, just in general, Sedona. Just I mean, Sedona <laughs> people is in Sedona. To be a vortex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Probably, I bet you anything. Joshua Tree. They don't have it on here, but uh, Joshua mm. Tree, Mount Shasta, tons of alien, oh. like CE five, tons of Dude. alien activity in Mount Shasta. We all know Mount Shasta is like crazy we live in california okay look i've been to mount shasta (laughs) as a child i didn't know that it was crazy until as i was looking for this and i was trying to look at like ways to use ley lines or whatever i ended up on this website that was like a travel company where like Mm -hmm. they organize trips that are based on like ley lines and energy and like having weird (laughs) like esoteric experiences yeah um but then they're like uh talking about how ley lines it's like because with dragon lines there's a feminine line and a masculine line oh and and then they're saying like that uh it's the chakras of the earth and so then they had like mm, all i've heard about that seven yeah, chakras I have a picture of that and one of the chakras is in mount shasta it's on, oh, and then there's is, also so I have a picture other gates i'll post it for you guys um there's these other gates and i don't know i don't know how the gates I don't know the significance. Oh, yeah. It's the root chakra. It's in the first. Uh, it says first chakra sacral, which that's no. 
sacral, it's not the sacral. First chakra is not sacral. <laughs> Second chakra. But first sacral, uh, first, sorry, first chakra is a uh, root chakra, right? So it's um kind of extends down from the pelvis. It's like a, we, we think of it as going like down the legs, but that's kind of awesome. The root chakra is super grounding. It's a great one to connect to, but yeah, it says here, I have a picture I'll post for you guys to see that shows where all the earth chakras are. And, um, one of them is uh, Maui, Hawaii as well, the 10th chakra, which is uh, an extra chakra. It's not in the, the main seven. But yeah, uh, root chakra is Mount Shasta. Interesting. Thanks for pointing that out. I didn't even notice that that's what that picture was telling me. Yeah, yeah. So so like the female great dragon and the male great dragon, like those lines cross, uh, like goes through Shasta and then the second chakra is in Lake Titicaca and then yes you got it and right then the, and then the third third one. is the third one is the third eye is. which says no fixed location currently oh, watch out. at Glastonbury that's, I don't the, that's, that's, that's the, the sixth chakra. that's the sixth no, fourth no. is heart and that's so Glastonbury Shasta sorry the sixth chakra is the I've just read third no fixed yeah said there you go eye. yeah the sixth oh, chakra has no fixed location and it's currently at Glastonbury um the fourth that's chakra well that's just what this map says and it looks like a pretty yeah no I'm, I'm seeing the same thing as pretty you. Yeah. janky map um, <laughs> um but also like the, this map is so crazy because then it's like the fourth chakra is also in the same place, oh, Glastonbury. And the fifth chakra, yeah, is at the Sphinx and the Great Pyramids. Uh-huh. And the fifth chakra is your throat. It's your communication manifestation. It's interesting that the the Sphinx is uh, representative of that because if you know that the Sphinx, of course, is a lion body with a person head. Mm-hmm. And the, the fifth chakra begins at the neck. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of representing in, in a certain way. I think that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, yeah, and Tibet then, is the seventh chakra. Oh my God! Well, seventh chakra is crown chakra. That's the divine connection to God. And what is Tibet? It's like the home of the freaking Dalai Lama. There you right? go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. And then oh the third chakra is at Ayers Rock, uh, which is yeah, in I see that Australia. here. But then they have these other gates. So like, yeah. Gate well, nine, and so the gates. I don't know what the gates. You probably are. think of them as well so we have something that we call the super chakra system super meaning above uh-huh. not like super like no like like medically like, like superman super, like better or superimposed it's like on top of so the super chakra system is um it can be a couple different things it can be like the the, the chakras that exist in the layer of your aura that extends away from you mm. so your aura extends out like 20 feet so it's like this really mm. big space and on each layer so like the first layer of your aura is the connection to your root chakra and the second layer of your aura connects to the the sacral chakra and it just extends from there um so you have seven layers and within each of those layers you have a version of your chakras Mm. so there's the chakra layer one chakra layer two and then in healing touch we work through all seven layers of the chakras uh the aura system to really clear all of the chakras and in that there are chakras that go below the feet there's the earth star chakra um this this the star portal so it's like there's uh, two below the feet and then above the head we have uh the seat of the soul we have um the one that's the merkaba uh which is the i can't think of it for some reason but there's um there's like three above the head mm. so you have like two under your feet and three above your head one is soul seat one is uh 
I always forget their names. It's annoying because I work with them all the time. I just think of them. I don't name them. Mm. <laughs> but they're, uh, yeah, there's there's three above your head. So how many? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, twelve chakra system because that's the twelve tone scale in Western music. So, so this one has also yeah. a gate thirteen, which is in Moscow, and only opens if the other twelve are healthy. Which I was Ooh. like. Also, because I just rewatched Stranger Things from start to finish. And so I'm like, <laughs> oh, is the 13th gate in Moscow? And oh, it really, it only opens if whatever. I'm like, oh, this is so, of course. Like, <laughs> see, like, I wonder if we're looking at the same pictures. Yours, like, black with white writing? Mine is white with black writing. And then it oh. has, like, the chakras are, like, colored, but the gates are just circles. Yeah, I see the same thing. Mine, um, and then I also I see the female dragon line yeah. and the male dragon line. Yep. And I would not have noticed this if you didn't point it out. Gate nine is Mount Fuji. Mm-hmm. You know, Mount Fuji in in Japan is extremely sacred. Mm-hmm. That's like like spirituality for them is like that mountain. Yeah. And then uh, gate that's seven a, it's like is in all of the oh the four mm-hmm. mountains in Bali. Oh which Bali yeah, is see, a vortex. All, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. This is funny. I didn't even think about this. So the ley lines Cape are Town, real. Day 12. You guys, the ley yeah. lines are real. Uh, um, I love it. <laughs> and energy is real. Uh, so, and that's interesting because mm-hmm. when I was doing this research, I found some, someone, you know, some like skeptics.com or some shit. And it's like, um, you know, if you believe it, if you believe, uh, basically like if you believe in energy and i'm like i'm sorry if that's not if that's energy not about, is literally a scientific property that's not about belief <laughs> equals mc squared yeah, like that is a that is a scientific fact so you are more skeptical than you need to be mm-hmm. you fucking clown um mm-hmm. but anyways okay where were we in the story of ley lines oh yeah anyway, yeah we just started looking at this map like whoa I know. It's so funny. Um, Okay, so I do want to talk about the Earth Mysteries movement because I think that's interesting and I think it also has more to do with where kind of how we think about ley lines now because um, so there was a guy who I don't want to say like latched onto this idea but was like inspired by this idea of ley lines. There's a few of them. So there's a book Mm. called Skyways and Landmarks by Tony Wedd. Um, which published the idea of Watkins, Watkins's, Watkins lays that they were both mm. real and served as ancient makers to guide alien spacecraft that were visiting Earth. So the ufologists jumped on the ley lines bandwagon. Ufologists, what they're called, and I love that. Uh, and look, I've been listening to last podcast on the left long enough. I know about <laughs> ufology and ufologists. <laughs> or you could say ufology. Ufologists. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, I do. And uh, so a French ufologist, uh, I don't know how to say it in French, so Amy Michel, it's probably not how you say it, um, who argued for the existence of ortho orthotenes, orthotenes, which are lines along which alien spacecraft traveled. So, so it's like, okay, was it just for like the ancient people who built significant things along these energy meridians and used them as pathways, um, you know, for like trade or whatever, or was it ancient aliens? Because I did end up watching like a five minute video about ancient aliens and how these lines served the ancient aliens. 
um, and help them <laughs> nice. make things. And, all, and like this one guy, the guy whose video I could not hang with, like I watched, I watched it. <laughs> it was on in the background while I was scrolling Instagram for almost half an hour. And yeah. he's talking about how I saw a couple rock. long ones that I was yeah. like, nom. He's talking about <laughs> like got one. cutting <laughs> rocks and like grooves in rocks. And I was just like, no, but it felt very ancient aliens. Like, um, mm-hmm. so, so there's that aspect of it. And, um, Wed suggested that either spacecraft were following the prehistoric landmarks for guidance or that both the lays and the spacecraft were following a magnetic current flowing across the earth. Mm. Um, and then his ideas were taken up by a writer, John Michel, who promoted them to a wider audience in 1967 with his book, The Flying Saucer Vision. And in this book, Michel promoted the ancient astronaut belief that extraterrestrials had assisted humanity during prehistory, ancient aliens, when, ancient aliens. when humans had worshipped these entities as gods, but that the aliens left when humanity became too materialistic and technology-focused, which is hilarious because it's like... How did a, uh, how did a group of creatures technologically advanced extremely? Yeah, they're like, no, no, no. You guys are. They're like, no, y'all. It's not about the tech. You're learning too much. You're too focused on technology. We're gonna bounce. Fuck you guys. Like, well, also, I, I would argue that like we focused on the wrong aspects of technology. We focused on the capitalism of technology, not the humanity of technology. We absolutely weren't focused on humanity. But who's to say? No. Like. So then what? So then are we putting aliens on a pillar, uh, you know, or a pedestal rather? We yeah. think, mm-hmm. oh, but they've used technology in the right way. Have they? Because it, aren't there a uh, lot of theories that they are looking for a planet because they're killing their home planet with their technology and that's yeah, why they, that's quote unquote, know better mm-hmm. than we do? Well, maybe that's why they took off and they were like, hey, these guys are doing the same thing we are. Like, whoops. Uh-oh. We, we just created our own problems again. Uh-oh. Bye. <laughs> it reminds me of um, of Peacemaker. The, the Okay. I don't. We keep talking about uh, superheroes and comic books and shit like that on these episodes. Partly because I watch a lot of that stuff. But um, there's a character, Peacemaker, in the DC universe who's played by John Cena. Um, Mm. If you haven't seen the, um, whatever the movies are, there's two of them. It's called, like, the uh, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Mm. Squad movies. Oh, my students were so into that. How many kids sang that 21 Pilots song with me? I can sing it for you right now. Uh, The (laughs) the Suicide Squad movies are crazy. I really like the second one, and I love John Cena as Peacemaker, but they made a Peacemaker series, which is bananas. Like, we were watching it, and, like, every episode they would do things and say things, and I'm like, did they make this? Like, this was made this year? Like, this show is crazy crazy like the things that they got away with oh my god it was bonkers (laughs) i was losing my mind i was like screaming while we're watching i would i watched again it's it was so fucking good but um and (laughs) and completely insane and his best friend is an eagle and um it's so cute and his name is eagly eagly um eagly so fucking good dude (laughs) it's so good um and i started talking about this for a reason oh well, I mean, look, spoilers. So if you want to watch the Peacemaker series, spoilers. But basically, um, there it, there's like an alien species that's coming to take over Earth. Um, and because they destroyed their home planet. And uh, so there's a whole fucking thing. It's, mm. it's a really fun mm. series. And that it's <laughs> really good. So 
Um, but that's what it reminded me of because mm-hmm. it's like that's kind of the that's kind of the story. So I I am like, did we get too materialistic and too focused on technology? Like whatever, fuck you guys. Um, but he also uh, John Michelle also argued for humanities or argued that humanities materialism was driving it to self destruction, which we talked about. Um, but that this could be prevented by reactivating the ancient centers, which would facilitate renewed contact with the aliens. Um, and then he repeated his beliefs in a 1969 book, The View Over Atlantis. It Basically, like this book was described as almost the founding document of the modern Earth Mysteries movement, where he interpreted ley lines by reference to the Chinese concept of Lung Mei energy lines, which I think are this, probably the same as dragon lines. Um, and he proposed that an advanced ancient society that had once covered much of the earth had established ley lines across the landscape to harness this Lung Mei energy. Translating these Lung Mei, yes, as dragon paths, he reinterpreted tales from English mythology and folklore in which heroes killed dragons so that the dragon slayers became the villains. Ooh. Fascinating. Um, Hutton later noted that Michelle's ideas embodied a fervent religious feeling which, though not Christian, was heavily influenced by Christian models, adopting an evangelical and apocalyptic tone that announced the coming of the Age of Aquarius in which ancient wisdom would be restored. This is the dawning of the Age of Aquarius. Which is, you know, that's like a whole like thing oh, that yeah. people don't know. They're like, it, it could be now. It could be then. It could be in the future, like 2,000 years from now. Uh, people have no idea. It's dude, so funny. Uh, it's actually so... <laughs> when we were getting into star seeds, I was like, what is with this like nobody has any idea yet they claim to know no one knows no <laughs> one knows but we're feeling it and you know apparently uh, okay because as I was reading this and I'm seeing all this age of Aquarius and whatever I'm like I'm like uh, I don't remember when but at some point in the last year or two I've been like dude it, it's the age of Aquarius like we're moving to the uh, age yeah, of Aquarius I felt it too and I was like I feel like it's happening now like I feel like people are justified to say that <laughs> Well, and then there's also this, like, uh, I don't think it's exclusively within human design, but there's this, like, you know, there's also this concept of, like, there's old paradigm and there's new paradigm. And, like, the Mm -hmm. old paradigm is dying. And that's what this whole, like, insane, like, this last, you know, six years has been. Basically, since the pandemic. Well, the pandemic, but, like, Trump's administration, too, where it's, like, here's a lot of these, like, old traditional uh, fundamental ideals that are grasping for their final hold of having power and taking back over, where the majority of society is, like, we don't actually agree with this shit. Fuck you. But... Oh, yeah. But, um, and yeah, and then obviously, like, the whole pandemic ha- had, like, a huge part to play in it. And so, um, but it, then I start reading things like this where I'm like, am I crazy? And then, like, there are certain po- people that I follow on Instagram um, that, like, that are like, if you're feeling this, this is just part of the awakening and we are evolving That's everywhere right now yeah, i know we're evolving <laughs> i've been into... reading that for like the past year i know well same <laughs> but like there's this there's this one yeah. there's this one woman there's a lot of uh like i think there's a lot of really great helpful stuff within the oh, for sure. personal development life coaching spiritual community and all the all the branches of that mm-hmm. and there's also a lot of opportunity for culty manipulation and behavior. Yeah. Um, and 
it can go from good to bad very quickly without you realizing what's going on. And so oh, yeah. I feel like I've I told been... you about this lady who was like, the aliens are coming and the ships are going to come down or Earth is going to be destroyed and the spirit of Earth has already left. It's a new Earth now and we're all just in like the echo of the planet. And so like when the great solar flash appears, like we're all going to die. <laughs> and she she doesn't say it like that. She says it like we're we're ascending and the portals will open in front of you. And she says it like it's this really like light and love situation. And everyone is commenting. Are you doing like, are you talking about like the end of the world? <laughs> Seriously. I, like, I was at first I was like into her messaging. I was like, oh, I've had like some connections with what she's saying. Right. And then I started really listening and I was like, she's bonkers. Yes. Like, oh yeah. God. So it's like, you know, have your wits about you. Yeah, um, it's funny. Yeah, because like I, there's a person that I follow who has started. Um, she like reposts posts from another account that is um, run by a woman who used to be like a spiritual mindset coach, like business coach, um, who is no longer doing that because there's a lot of manipulation and sort of culty pyramid scheme type I believe it behavior and things people that are take taught. advantage of people man yeah there's a lot of gaslighting um within the community and so like uh it's things that have made me feel a lot of things because it's like I'm a life coach and I'm into human design which is totally you like an, to be an esoteric you just have to totally energy just stay aware. Yeah. well yeah of course and and then be really aware like am I being ethical am I gaslighting am I coaching people with consent and it's like those are all things that I also follow people that are really all about that so it's like I'm really all about that like so I'm important. not about yeah. being like Good. it's just your thoughts and like you know like I don't want to gaslight people it's like yeah you know so anyways she she brings up these things and I'm like well but but wait like but there's truth and then also I can see where that would be that could get shitty and so she'll point out like accounts she pointed out this one account of this guy who I'd never heard of before um and like he's saying these things of like you know again like the energy and when you're feeling this and it's this and it's this evolution and what you really need to be doing is like focusing on your thoughts and your thoughts create your reality and all and it's like yes and I agree with that um and like you know I just like when anybody becomes a guru it's problematic gurus are problematic humans are not perfect yeah and yeah and um and (laughs) so are very fallible yeah and this other woman who like I was talking about before who also has these talks about these same things like she's really good friends with that guy and then and so then I'm like Mm. ooh, like I thought that you were really cool because a lot of people that I admire are really into what you share and you share some valuable things but if you're also yeah best buddies with this other guy that I'm kind of like, ooh, now I like kind of question things, which doesn't mean right. that you guys are the same. You just got to take take what, you know, like we say all the time, take what resonates, right? And it, it kind of becomes a cliche but, sentence, but don't saying, give your but power it's also away. like, right. But it's also, yeah, like you um, have to, you can and do discern like what is accurate, what is correct. If someone's going too far in one direction, it's no person can be held um, I, I tell my students all the time, like, because I deal with kids that get obsessed over things. And I say, don't ever hold anything higher than your heart. 
because then you value that thing Mm -hmm. more than yourself or you value that person's knowledge more than your own knowledge or you you know so you you always like push yourself down whenever you hold yourself hold something up higher than yourself Mm -hmm. and um and it's like yeah look at everything look at anything it's like I was telling you like a I don't know months ago or whatever like I always love looking at the other side of what I believe in Mm -hmm. so I can really like chew on why I believe what I believe Mm -hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't dig my heels into the ground it allows me to talk about what I believe with more authority mm-hmm. which you know because then I understand the other side so I go okay yeah I know why you feel that way like I get it but also this is where I'm at and I know why I'm there mm-hmm. so it's you know yeah I think it's important I also just don't think sure. that everybody is that discerning and it's true I think there's that a, a lot, lot of people of... out there that just listen and or they, they hold a lot of things higher than their heart yeah mm. they don't like they're not aware <laughs> of it and they're just looking for someone to tell them and they're looking mm-hmm. they're looking for a leader and they're looking for a guru because they don't Hard trust to themselves self-responsibility yeah yeah, yeah. I wish yeah. that was a class take responsibility how to take responsibility shit yeah <laughs> should be like taught in middle schools like how to take responsibility for yourself you know like but yeah I digress but then people get bad at you for sounding like Ayn Rand when you talk about self-responsibility so that's fun (laughs) wait they sound like what Ayn Rand I don't know the fountainhead Atlas Shrugged it's like I loved those books in high school and I I appreciate the value of those books but a lot of people think they're like severe right-wing ideologies and I'm Mm. like I don't feel that way (laughs) but it's also how you interpret the material right oh yeah I had to I I did some like college essays on them or something I maybe I read them in college Mm. but anyway back on track anyways yeah 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 (laughs) so do you want to well so there's a few yeah there's a few other things here um that we can kind of talk about with just like this community at this time um Mm. so we were talking about evangelical apocalyptic tone like oh the age of Aquarius that's where we got really off track um in which ancient wisdom would be restored um, and then it also says Michelle invented various claims about archaeological evidence to suit his purpose, which of course people do that. Um, and he, mm-hmm. he viewed archaeologists as antagonists, seeing them as the personification of the modern materialism he was railing against. <laughs> and that was so funny because I, I ended up copying this quote that because I, I thought it was hilarious where um, there's a guy in uh, – Let's see. In the 80s, Ley Lines in Question was a book written by the archaeologist Tom Williamson and Liz Bellamy. And it says archaeologists weren't particularly interested and Ley Line people were hostile. (laughs) So it's like it's like it didn't really like find its audience because, you know, the Ley Line people were the people that were like like so devout to the mysticism of the Ley Lines that they're like, fuck you. Like you know like <laughs> don't question our thing and archaeologists were like i'm not really into that so like funny. i don't really give a fuck about that like um which i just think is hilarious um totally. but in the mid 1970s michelle published a detailed case study of the west pen penwith district of cornwall laying out what he believed to be the ley lines in that area and he presented this as a challenge to archaeologists urging them to examine his ideas in detail and stating that he would donate a large sum of money to charity if they could disprove him <laughs> Um, (laughs) Hutton noted that it represented the finest piece of surveying work uh, then undertaken by by a pseudo-archaeologist in 
archaeologist in Britain. However, Michelle had included natural rock outcrops as well as medieval crosses in his list of Neolithic and Bronze Age monuments. So again, it's like he's including these things that weren't really within the time yeah. frame of they these were in other different things. Timelines. Yeah, were different. Yeah, different. Um, different periods of history, of people or whatever mm-hmm. periods of history. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and then in 1962, there was a group of um, ufologists who established the Lay Hunters Club, which I feel like we kind of talked about. Um, and he, yeah, a little bit in the Cargon book. Mm-hmm. And Michelle, uh, he also like created a magazine, I think, or maybe that was just like his book. That is, that's the publication that they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well then, uh, okay, he didn't establish it; a different guy did, but. Um, essentially like in the sixties, like his book was followed by an upsurge in people who were like lay hunters and enthusiasts that wanted to travel around the British landscape. So kind of just like 40 years before when this whole idea was introduced, like another group of people were like, yeah, this is cool. Let's go walk the lines. Um, and uh, I guess parish churches were particularly favored by the lay hunters who often uh, worked on the assumption that such churches had almost always been built atop pre-Christian sacred sites. So it's like, oh, this is just like a monument to something that was already sacred. Um, mm-hmm. And and then this guy, Philip Heselton, uh, he was also a lay lines enthusiast and he's the one who established Lay Hunter magazine, which launched in 1965. And then was interesting. Yeah, and then it went it went through like a few um, like editors uh, to like kind of keep it alive. And um, you know, I guess that this guy who became an editor, Paul Scruton, he also wrote a book called uh, "Quicksilver Heritage," where he argued that the Neolithic period had seen an idyllic society devoted to spirituality, but which I've we also have talked about that. Um, and that this was brought to an end through the introduction of metal technologies in the Bronze Age. And he argued that the Golden mm. Age could nevertheless be restored. Um, another key book produced among the lay hunting community was Mysterious Britain by Janet and Colin Board. Um, but that reminds me of like when I can't remember what the topic was, but an earlier episode where um, we were talking about um, like those like female figures that had been found and that that one oh yeah it was in the what was that in the mermaid or the fairy episode one of the two it could have been mermaids but it was either mermaids or the fae it was one of those two i think it was the mermaid episode um anyway so i guess part of why lay hunting was so popular is that people who had no professional training in archaeology could take part and feel like they could rediscover the magical landscapes of the past um, and it also mm. welcomed people who had a strong interest in the past but feel, felt excluded from the narrow confines of orthodox academia. So it's like those more mm. spiritual, like, new agey type people could use some of their, you know, mystical powers or, you know, if they're, like, sensitive to right. energy and they're feeling the vibes, you know. I guess that right. the lay hunting movement ended up blending other... I've got some stuff to say about Yeah, which I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Um, but I guess they, they would blend things like numerology, which I didn't really look into how numerology was used with this. Yeah, well, I didn't actually, hear about that. That's cool. I, the guy whose video I tried to watch, he started talking about numbers. I wonder if it has to do with like your like location. I think it has to do with like, like yeah, like the geometry lat- and, latitude and, the and longitude or something. Exactly. And, yeah. and I just was like, absolutely not. I'm not, um, not going to, I refuse to learn this. 
Um, but then people also used dousing along with the ley lines because if you don't know what dousing mm-hmm. is, I remember we made our own dousing rods when I was a kid. We took a That's wire cool. hanger and uh, yeah. and unbent it. And then dousing rods are essentially like L's. And or a Y. Yeah, either Or one. a Y. Yeah. yeah. The way that we yeah. made it is that we made two that you hold one in each hand and they're like it has like a long like L shape and then you hold the short side in your hand. But what we did is we took a straw and cut it in half so that mm. and then put the rod into the straw so that you hold the straw in your hand so that your hand yeah. isn't c- controlling the direction that the wires go. And so How dousing cool. rods, they're traditionally mostly used to find water. Um, right. But you kind of like walk over and then the rods will cross and make an X when you're over water. And so the same thing mm-hmm. happens. It's how you can also use them to find these um, energy lines. Ley lines. Right. Yeah. Ley yeah. Lines. And, and pendulum dowsing too. It'll like swing in the direction. Mm-hmm. And then if you do find one using your dowsing rod, you can use your pendulum to see what direction the energy is flowing in. Mm. So you, it, it'll show you like, oh, it's going to the north or it's going this way. You know, your pendulum will swing in that direction. Mm-hmm. So in the book of English magic... Um, they do talk about dowsing right after the ley line section. So I'll make sure that that guy uh, or that that book is available for you guys in the link below. It's available as a Kindle ebook. You can get a hard copy or a soft copy, whatever you like. I got the ebook. Um, and then after looking at it, if you're a witchy type like us, I think I want the hard copy of this book. It's got will. really good stuff in there. It's got just everything. It's awesome. So anyway, I'll make sure it's below for you guys. So you were saying. Yeah. Dowsing. Yeah. So so um, basically like this whole movement. So it's like it brings in these other esoteric practices. And like I said, it attracts people who are just kind of into weird shit. And that caused it to have a really diverse group of people who were, you know, considered themselves lay hunters. And mm-hmm. they had like they were in different classes and different polit- had different like political opinions, which like mm. classism is huge in England. Um, right. And so they often like lay hunters often differed on how they understood the lay lines, like what they, they didn't like uh, all agree on what mm. they were. So some <laughs> believed that the lays only marked a pre-existing energy current, whereas others thought that the lays helped to control and direct this energy. Um, but in general, they did agree that the ley lines were laid out between 5000 BCE and 2600 BCE after the introduction of agriculture, but before the introduction of metal in Britain. Um, and for many lay hunters, this Neolithic period was seen as a golden age, like we talked about before, in which Britons lived in harmony with the natural environment. So before yes, metal like came, episode. Mm-hmm, before right. metal came and destroyed the world uh, <laughs> yeah too much you guys technology. can go back to our, our episode on the fae and we talk about how people um kind of try to preserve that part of culture that's episode nine um but yeah that that there were natural pathways that people have disrupted through current you know building or you know uh what's the word i'm looking for architecture development oh yeah yeah, yeah. architecture and development it's kind of like taking away these natural lines that were created. So so then, of course, like basically, you know, these people don't really agree on anything. Um, and so the attitudes of the archaeological establishment also varied. So some people wanted to convert archaeologists to their beliefs and others felt like that was impossible. So it's like we're just going to do our thing and like believe what we believe about them. And we also don't need archaeologists to agree with us. Um, mm-hmm. but they did take an interest in the work of archaeo astronomers like Alexander Tom and Ewan Mackey. 
It's E U A N. Yeah, you and like you and McGregor. Yeah, but you and McGregor. You and McGregor. Well, but he says a W, so it makes more sense to me. But, um, but lay hunters were attracted to their arguments about the existence of sophisticated astronomer priests in British prehistory, um, and I guess that in suggesting that Britons were far more advanced in mathematics and astronomy than archaeologists had previously accepted, Tom's work was seen as giving additional credibility to the beliefs of lay hunters. Um, I guess that he stated in 1971 that, like, the view that Neolithic British engineers would have been capable of surveying a straight line between two points that were otherwise not visible from each other, because there's a lot of arguments that, like, people in those time periods didn't have the technology to create a straight line. Um, Like they didn't have, they just didn't know how to do it. And so they're like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. not possible. But it's like, first of all, based on what? And you don't know that. And if there's a bunch of straight Mm -hmm. lines all across the county, then why don't you shut your fucking mouth? Because (laughs) maybe they did know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but I guess there's a guy called um, Paul Devereaux, and he succeeded Screeton mm. as the editor of The Lay Hunter. So like I said, this this editorial role has been passed through multiple hands. But he was more mm-hmm. concerned um, than a lot of the other lay hunters with finding objective ed- evidence for the idea that unusual forms of ener- energy could be measured at places where prehistoric communities had erected structures. So he's like, I want science to prove what we believe about the ley lines. Um, And he was one of the founding members of the Dragon Project, which launched in 1977 with the purpose of conducting radioactivity and ultrasonic tests at prehistoric sites, particularly the stone circles created at the late Neolithic and early Bronze Age. Um, Mm. And then the Dragon Project continued its research through the 80s, Um, finding that certain prehistoric sites did show higher or lower than average rates of radiation, but that others did not. And so there was no consistent pattern. There's basically, they didn't really find any proof. It's just like they just measured some things and then that's really all. Yeah. Well, and it's like we said way back in the Claire's episode, like the scientific method sometimes doesn't work. for this kind of stuff right it's like if you you, you have experiences and everyone has that same experience and different ways but we all say yeah we we know that something is going on here but there's no definitive like way to measure it or to test it it's like we all just know so and it's um, like if you don't know if you don't know what you're measuring then you don't know how to measure it so then you can't prove it like and so it's like what if they think that it's one type of energy but then maybe there's some other way to measure it but we just don't know we don't really know what we're measuring um so and then and then that's where like again after this whole kind of like direction that the movement took that's when those people uh wrote the ley lines in question in 83 um which was that book written by archaeologists where it's like Archaeologists weren't really interested in the book that they wrote, and um, the Leyline people were hostile about the book because they're like, don't fucking question it. Like, uh, you know, this shit is real, so fuck you guys. And because what they're basically saying in this book is that the British landscape, like I mentioned earlier, was so densely covered in historic monuments that it was really easy to just draw a straight line and hit multiple significant points. So they're like, it. this doesn't like there's this doesn't support it like there's there's it's too easy and so that doesn't like now that means that it's not true but people are like how dare you um and so I guess like at a certain point like it sounds like it probably happened in the 80s um or no rather sorry it happened in the 90s um 
the Lay Hunter magazine ceased publication, and the last editor was a guy named Danny Sullivan. And he said that the idea mm. of Lay's was dead. So it's kind of like it had lo- lost steam over the years. And mm. um, because people were. Well, with the rise of Instagram, it's come back. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Now we have new technology to share all of our esoteric spiritual beliefs. And so um, obviously it's going to resurge, resurge, <laughs> but magazines have died. So it would have to be yeah. an online publication um, or just an Instagram account. Yeah, oh, that's true. Um, but I guess like there's a there's a, essentially like a, a fissure between rationalism and mysticism, which was always inherent in the movement. And so it was just kind of like that just got a little a little too wide for it to be a um, like a cohesive movement anymore. You know, it was kind of like people just couldn't agree. So they and they just mm-hmm. weren't um, as interested in it. I feel like people spent so much time trying to come up with information to support it and then other people being like that's not legit that it was like whatever and also in this video that I really tried to watch sort of this guy was like (laughs) he would bring things up where he's like and we don't really know what that means but it's really interesting and it's like like that was sort of the the vibe that I got through the whole thing and so I was like I am I don't care <laughs> like That's I so funny. can and I'm and there were I read the comments on the video where people were like oh you added so many great points like I did a talk about this like a, a couple of years ago and you added some great things and wow this yeah. was just so interesting and I'm like you gotta stay grounded in my opinion stay grounded you oh, know oh god it was like, so boring I yeah I yeah get into it's it. tough um I but I guess let's see Okay, so I guess that some of the enthusiasm that had been there for ley lines got redirected to archaeoastronomy. Um, and I guess... I, you know what? And just to totally interrupt you right now, um, I thought originally when we got into this, um, when we first mentioned ley lines, that that's what we were doing. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's how much it crosses over. Yeah. 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 And astrocartography. Astrocartography. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if mm-hmm. astrocartography and archaeoastronomy are the same. Yeah, exactly. Either way. But astrocartography, because yeah. that's what it really reminded me of, is mm-hmm. essentially just like you have a birth chart, like where the placement of the planets when you're born, I guess it creates the these lines of energy. And so you can look up your astrocartography chart. Um astro.com has a good one um Mm -hmm. i just like astro.com in general for their birth charts um but i like that chart because then you can click anywhere on the map and on the right hand side it will tell you what the energy of that place is for you and so i think it's a little bit different than ley lines in that ley lines it seems like is the idea is more like this is a fixed grid where mm-hmm. our astrocartography is different for each person depends on your birth exactly time and place exactly yeah. so. i'm like i'm more of an extrovert in san jose and i'm an introvert in monterey <laughs> right exactly yeah exactly <laughs> totally um so astrocartography that's a fun one um i don't mm-hmm. i mean i wanted to be like not that i really know enough that we could do an episode but like i don't know enough about anything that we talk about so it doesn't really matter how much i know you can just well, maybe we'll do an episode on astrocartography at some point and it will be different than this episode okay because this is ley lines which is different right. just so you guys are clear yeah 
Um, it's not the same, which I literally did not realize, which I was bringing up Caitlin. I think she was doing, she wasn't doing ley lines. She was doing astrophotography. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. more sense. Because when you said yeah. like she like traveled on her ley lines, I was like, how did she do that? Do we all have our yeah. own ley lines? So, see, I totally thought, I totally thought that that was the same thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And I think people do call astrocartography ley lines. I think they do use the term interchangeably, oh. which they probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> you guys, you shouldn't do that because it's actually yeah. totally different. Thing. So, you know, just like don't confuse people because then you really water down what astrocartography actually is. And also what ley lines are. Like you should just respect the history of it. You know what I mean? Come on. Well, you know, and everyone listening, they're on it. They know. They're listening to the spiritual Yeah, spectrum. so you tell your friends. <laughs> Do better. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. But, like, also with astrocartography, it's really interesting because it's, like, if you've ever felt, like, just drawn to a place, like, I've always wanted to go to Maine. I don't know why. Oh, I know. Yeah, Sounds weird. fun. It's just, like, I just want to go yeah. to Maine. And I, I don't yeah. know if I've looked up my astrocartography on it. I don't remember, but... It would be interesting. And also because like yeah, everyone's I want to go to Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. There you I've go. never been to Vermont. I hear Vermont. I don't know anything about it. It's and gorgeous. I want to go to Vermont. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I've never been. About it. But my parents know that I want to go. Yeah, my parents live close. And so you can just, <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, yeah, drive yeah. right over, you know, 10 minutes. You're in Vermont. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Apparently it's, that's funny it's insanely beautiful but um yeah yeah so you know if you've ever been really if you've ever felt really drawn to a place um or you notice that you feel a certain way when you visit a certain place mm-hmm. check out your astrocartography on it and then just hell yeah wait until the next season or at some point in the future and we'll do an episode on it and then you can learn more if you don't want to do that'd it that'd be really cool let us do mm-hmm. the research for and, you you know i also wonder you know we're talking about how people wanted to like prove one thing or another and like we're talking about like sometimes these scientific methods don't work for these more subtle systems that exist in our reality Mm. and um i wonder if people are picking up on their astrocartography and confusing it as ley lines or yes and and so it's like we're picking something up and it's different for everyone Mm -hmm. because it's different for our astrology Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know Mm -hmm. it's i I see that as a thing absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely so let's talk about how um how to kind of get into ley lines how to find them how to use them. Yeah. Um, there was this interesting thing I found, by the way, just talking about the geography of these things. Um, some of the points on a map, if you connect them together, create Metatron's star um, or the sacred geometry. It uh, also creates like a, a five-pointed star pentagram. There are also, there's like a Freemason symbol that's created when you connect some of the points, it looks like the Freemason compass. Mm. So there's like, there's certain like things that will appear on a map when you connect, when you see where the points are and connect the dots. So um, that's kind of an interesting, strange, there are all the churches. Yeah. If you look at the churches, it's like the, all the, the five points of Metatron star. Mm. So, and that's, you know, Archangel Metatron. That's a, I always love that there's an angel named Metatron. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> So, oh yeah, it's one of the twelve archangels. Of course, of course, you're bringing up the angels. Who's your girl? Barbara. Barbara. Oh, no, Barbara. Belinda. No, sorry, no, sorry. That's your mom. No, but isn't her name Belinda. Barbara? Oh, Belinda. Oh yeah, Belinda. Barbara there's, there's, Belinda. There's a there is Barbara Evans. We, there are other Barbaras, but it's Belinda. Anyhow, believe it so, or not, uh, but there there's was, more than one Barbara. <laughs> can you believe it? <laughs> so yeah, there's a 
there was that but then also uh that when you follow the dr- the dragon lines i guess it's the dragon lines yep. which i didn't know that that's what these were that i was looking at but after we spoke now i see that that's what this is and that when is also what them, they look like in astrocartography they look all oh, like the line like dna lines see? so we haven't described what they look yeah, like yeah. but they're like these wavy lines that crisscross each other and it looks like a strand yeah, of I'll dna kind of it's what the, right. It's it what, totally looks like a strand of DNA covering the earth. Exactly yeah. what astrophotography and so, looks like. Yeah. And so um, this, there was a, uh, where the two of the lines intersect, it's like right in the middle of, what is that? The Atlantic Ocean. It's the, in the, in the, like smack dab in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, these two lines intersect right on the Azores. And in the, like, ocean between two of the islands in the Azores, there's a giant pyramid. Oh. <laughs> underwater. Oh, <laughs> and there's a picture of it. And they found it in 20, 2013. So it's new. Wow. That they found this. Wow. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of was, like, I guess for, like, modern ley line people that, like, way, way back in the 1920s, they had no idea that there was, like, some pyramid in the middle of the ocean that was where lines intersect you know like i think that's kind of cool and also like there's all that stuff about like aliens and pyramids right yeah the ancient aliens uh, who helped us construct why the heck the ancient um why is there a pyramid in the middle of the atlantic ocean (laughs) yeah yeah love it anyway so i found this great video i'll link it below i'm basically just gonna say what she said so if you want to watch the video that's cool too um but there was a a witch she was like an og witch from like the 70s she was really uh going there for me she did it um she she gives us all the instructions she (laughs) she gives you instructions on like how you can find energy spots she calls them power centers and so our power spots. So we were, um, you know, I was searching for uh, like ley lines and this is what came up under ley lines, but she didn't, she didn't really use that term very much. She was talking about going to the power spots. So um, she said that ley lines are an even distribution of energy conduits that go between power spots on the earth akin to acupuncture meridians. Mm. This assumes that the earth is a living being. Um, Hence the chakra of the earth. Yeah, there you go. Just like the body circulatory system, there are capillaries of energies that spread off of ley lines. When you're approaching one you're unaware of, you may feel heavy physically or have shortness of breath. So so she's kind of, she goes on to kind of, I, I just took little notes of this, but she kind of goes on to say like, that, uh, you know, the ley lines are everywhere and it's kind of like game trails, you know, they're just... Yeah. all over the place yeah. and and it's like those larger gigantic lines are just the main pathways but then like she said there's capillaries oh. veins and capillaries that go off of that yep so um when you're approaching one you have this like kind of like distressed feeling in the body and that's because um you're reaching the outer envelope of the energy field around the ley line so you can think about like approaching the aura of the ley line when you're approaching energy like in healing touch like a big part of what you learn, and I've done this with like, so I used to teach at a Big Sur school, so like hippie stuff, and uh, so I taught like kids to feel energy. It was really fun, but um, so like when you're approaching someone's energy field, you can feel like a pushback on your hands, kind of like a magnet, like mm. approaching it, like you know, like a reverse polarity or whatever. Yep. So you can kind of just like feel this like resistance, 
and it's just gentle and soft and if you're aware of it you'll feel it and so um you know and you can always kind of everyone kind of can tell like exactly where it is it's this really interesting um experience especially if you have other people around because that um, amplifies the power amplifies the energy right because you've got more yeah, energy but it also people. confirms for you what you already know to be true it's mm-hmm. like you see other people mm-hmm. also finding the same you know field that you find mm. so um I remember, and this is just a fun anecdote, when I did my first, uh, my level one healing touch class, there was a, part of it was like feeling the energy field of your partner and like just kind of combing through their energy field and just seeing what that's like. And um, so you kind of like, you shouldn't do it with like eyes closed because you might like, you know, hit the person or something. (laughs) But you kind of have like a soft gaze and you're like combing through the energy field. And I just had like this like warm golden energy and like dogs running through a field and I like I shared that with her and she just started crying because that's exactly what she was imagining oh and she had she was for some reason we connected through dogs I guess and she was thinking of the dogs that she had had in her life she was an older woman so I saw more than one dog and she was like yeah I was just imagining that I was like with my dogs in a spiritual moment like as you were kind of combing through my energy field I just like had this connective moment and I was like oh my god (laughs) so that was like in my first class and I was like okay like we're in it (laughs) very clairvoyant of you oh yeah and it's like you know it's just we we had this like fun shared thing so anyhow so when you're experiencing experiencing an energy field you you will have this kind of push back feeling and um if you're approaching a ley line which is apparently like huge energy like, it's going to be that times maybe a thousand. I don't know. It's going to just be like this really like ugh, kind of like you're going up to this thing and it makes you uh, very aware of its existence if you're an energetically sensitive person. So um, it's it's also kind of like they say it's like a defense system for the ley line. Dude, too. yes. Oh, fuck. I forgot. Yeah. I had found an article that talked about that a little bit, that it's like mm. a defense system. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. So if you're if you're aware of what it is, you can walk through regardless of the discomfort and then you will approach a totally new energy after that. So you'll get into like a, you know, more maybe euphoric or calm healing energy. Who knows? So, if you go to a known power spot, you must know that these places amplify whatever you take with you or have within you. So, it's important to cleanse and meditate, stay centered and grounded so that you are amplifying your clarity and your grounded energy. Mm. So, uh, the ley line power spots also amplify your abilities. So, you may have more clear sense about your projects or skills if you go to one. Mm. So, you might use it as like a retreat to you know, brainstorm some new stuff because it'll amplify your ability to see yourself uh, mm. that way. Yeah. Or just any skills you have, you'll just feel more creative and ready to use them. Yeah. So um, if you're, and now th- this is fun because I love going to Joshua Tree mm. and there's a house that we rent in Joshua Tree. Like whenever we can be like, oh, let's do it. Like we, we kind of like go with some friends and it's so fun. And, and that's, that house is like, it's a spiritual place like it's it's just on the top of this kind of little tiny rise in the kind of I don't know the landscape you can't really call it a hill and like it like overlooks 
this beautiful desert and it's just so amazing and every time I go there I feel like I am just surrounded by spirit I'm just like there is like so much energy in this place like Mm. it's it's like it's like you're buzzing and I just can't fall asleep and I have to like really focus my energy when I'm there in order to just like function it's it's really full and so it's like when she started talking about this i was like ah i bet you anything that place is like in a power spot it has i mean to i've be. heard like, that from other people who are like yeah. one of my clients um is like very she's uh, re- really good at tarot and also um she was like a soul coach and she's just really good at doing like energy like she's really just tapped into people's energy mm-hmm. and um and she felt the same way in joshua tree yeah and it's like that it's got to have some line going through it and that house is definitely in it and it's like we keep going back there too you know it's like we found this part like it it even changed uh ownership it changed managers and we were and so we couldn't book it again and we were like where what did someone like start living in it we're like oh like it was our favorite little spot to always get Mm -hmm. we're like you know yeah it's cool if someone lives there I guess but like yeah and then we found we found it in a different vacation booking place and it's owned by different people now (laughs) we're like yeah (laughs) so anyway I I digress so um you know people can make trips to places like this though Mm -hmm. and you might find one maybe when you're vacationing you might realize that you're in one or something um so if you're in a public area that contains a power spot negative energies can be collected from people who are unaware of their visit like I said when I was in this place I had to like really focus my energy and cleanse I was like Mm. totally working on the space I always do anywhere I go but like I I do that you know just to make sure that my energy is not getting bombarded by stuff left behind by other people it's you know when you travel it's easy to do that yeah so it's just like you know always clear the energy but I would have to focus on it a lot in this spot so I wonder Mm. if it was collecting um energies from people who are unaware during their visits Interesting. so um it says that if you're you know aware that you're doing this or if you're just traveling and maybe you're you think that might be a chance uh carry crystals cast um clearing intentions while you're holding them is a recommended activity um so it says if you have space like maybe this maybe this would have been helpful for me but if you have space you make a you can make a crystal grid Mm. to connect with or clear the ley line and the the witch in the video was really awesome she was like it's not just some pretty mandala like it's a it's like a machine it's like a tool Mm. and you're kind of creating like a generator and so you have to like kind of toy with it to see like intuitively how to make it the most efficient and Mm. how to make it move the energy through like you know to, to get the result that you're looking for so um so she's like you're you're kind of creating like a, a like a tool so be very aware of your intuition while you're making your crystal grid and um so it's uh can move all of the energy through the ley line to just clear it and it can also sync your energy to the ley line so that you're getting the best energy of the ley line mm. <clears throat> oh yeah so this is uh, some etiquette don't take things from ley lines <laughs> Don't take things um, from that area. It's uh, kind of disruptive and selfish. Um, so taking a souvenir kind of diminishes the sight for anyone who comes later. Mm. There's no way. There's no good way to do that. There's no good way to go to a sacred site and be like, I'll take that. Um, yeah. And it's also going to likely result in energetic karma. Um, so, you know, that's uh, something to consider uh, anywhere you go, really. I mean, you know, 
So a better practice is to bring your own sacred items to absorb the energy of a ley line to, mm. so that you can go home and have those items and uh, kind of, you know, know that that's what you are intending with those items, mm-hmm. which, you know, I guess, yeah, I can understand why you'd want to take something from a ley line because you're like, I want that, you know. I want that energy. Yeah. <laughs> so take your own stuff. It's like uh, when we went to see Sigur Rose and I didn't want to pay for any other merchandise, so I just brought a blanket, and now that that's the Sigur Rose blanket. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why didn't you want to buy the merch? <laughs> it didn't look good. <laughs> that's so funny. So I just had a blanket I was with the whole time, and now that's the Sigur Rose blanket. Oh, my so. God. That's so funny. <laughs> So um, it says here that capillary, sorry, capillary ley lines have been known to go through living spaces of everyday people. Oh, so this was kind of an interesting thing. She's like, so what if like you're, um, you know, just living your life? So she had um, moved to a new neighborhood and she could tell that there was like ley line energy close by and Mm. power spot energy or whatever. And she was like, interesting, I should go scout this out. And then she was like, oh, it goes through like someone's house and it was because of the construction that had happened in this suburb it disrupted a ley line and rerouted it and made mm. it go the wrong way and so she's like okay like that's not good and that's you know can make a really disruptive home and she, as she was living there she got to know that neighbor and got to know some of their you know their they were fine but then also like they were having some strange like anxieties and hardships and so then, like gently over time she was like so, you know, I've just sensed this, like, energy, this natural earth energy that's really pointed at your house. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I can, like, reroute that for you if if you want me to. And, and I guess, you know, whatever anxieties that family was facing and whatever they felt about their uh, energy awareness, they allowed it. So, um, the, so she, she goes on to tell the story about how she rerouted a ley line underneath the ground and then to come back up out of the ground. How do you do that? The house. That's so... So, and... and I'll tell you right now. She gives us very clear instructions. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so she says that uh, capillary ley lines have been known to go through the living spaces of everyday people, which is not a good thing. Note that these lines mostly have non-residential structures on them, right? Churches, um, Stonehenge, things like that. Mm. It's not good for mental or physical health due to its amplification effect, which we could use negatively without realizing. Yeah. Especially if you're a psychic type who receives a lot more clear sense messages uh these things can happen to you more and if you're unaware of your gifts you might think you're just like losing it a little bit <laughs> or or you know if you're if you're having anger issues or addiction issues or anything like that it's gonna just probably amplify that and you're not gonna be aware of it mm. um so uh you know if yeah some that's also you know energy of homes is a whole we could probably do an episode on oh that'd be fun shui and home energy and all that that's like a whole topic that would be interesting it says um if you're aware the amplification can boost your own power but out of your control into a snowball effect so um you know even if you are like a really healthy spiritual person and you have a ley line going through your house it can amplify your power out of your control Mm. so um spirits can see you better because of the amplification and they'll collect near you and further amplify the spiritual energy of your home just creating like a brighter and brighter beacon interesting (laughs) i know and she says like a divining rod finds water your body can be 
uh, trained to find ley lines. Um, and I'm sure you could just use a dowsing rod. Um, and you can also determine the, fl the flow within the line. Uh, so you can just tell if you're tr training your body to feel it or you can use a pendulum. So a trained psychic can reroute the ley line underground to bypass a home of this, um, or if this is the case. So uh, that's the difference. She says that, yeah, having one of these things running through your house is the difference between like having a home on solid ground or having like a river going through your living room. Mm. Oh, yeah. If you feel like you just have like a really chaotic home energy that could be related to a ley line. Um, the way that you reroute it is that you take grounding stones like obsidian, tourmaline, or petrified wood and put it on the outside of the house um, property and uh, where the where the ley line enters the property. And then on where you want it to come back out. So you like measure it. You know, mm. you're like, okay, this is where it's coming in and this is like the end of it. And it comes from this part of my property to that part of my property. So I'm going to put my grounding stones at the front of it. And then you uh, take balancing healing stones like jade or rose quartz and place that at uh, probably just normal quartz would be good too. And so you put that at the end um, with the intention that you have to set it with intention, right? So you're putting those stones down saying, I'm intending this ley line to go under the ground. And then someone or you you go put the other stones down saying, I want this ley line to come up out this way. And um, so uh, it's <laughs> she says it helps to have two people doing this because if you just place the grounding stones first, it can bubble the energy up underground and then when you release it on the other side it can like really hit you hard oh. she's like i got knocked backwards i'm like oh, okay uh, <laughs> did you i mean i'm like i've had some physical experiences with energy but like come on <laughs> no anyway always that like i mean i'm i believe you mostly i'm like i don't know maybe you're just like really into it so <laughs> It reminds me of so, how, like, when yeah. you remember something, you remember it maybe more dramatically or differently than you actually experienced it, which reminds me yeah, of, like... Yeah, I would, I would say, like, maybe it, you might get, like, a punch of nausea. I'd believe something like that. You know, maybe it feels like it, like, makes you ungrounded and you feel really, like, woozy for a day or something. Like, sure, maybe that. I don't know. <laughs> like, falling over. <laughs> Hit her like a ton of bricks. Know. She almost ended up in the hospital. <laughs> Could have cracked uh, her head open. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, don't, uh, not for the faint of heart. Not for, don't, don't try this at home, kids. Yeah. <laughs> no pussies out here messing with ley lines. <laughs> you better be grounded and know your shit. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people confuse the intense guarded energy of ley lines to be evil or dark spirits, which can cause a lot of anxiety. These energies can also denote a land guardian, which is a protector of the natural way of life on Earth, um, like a forest nymph or whatever. I don't know. Of course. Um, well, we talked yeah. about the fairy, the fairies. <laughs> we, the yeah, fairy the fae, right? So, like, the fae are kind of yeah, like their paths guardians. And they have to yeah. do with the ley lines. And so, right. you know. There you go. So, that they're, they're the, they are the land guardians. Yeah. There you go. So, then, um, yeah. If you sense that this may be the case, acknowledge the land guardian and give them some offering, which, hey, the fae, they love those offerings, don't they? We Actually, love the some gift. of them don't. Well, some of them hate it and they, they are offended. But they are the ones <laughs> who live in your home. Oh, so those, those little shits could come in yeah. into play here <laughs> brownies well don't look to be safe give them food they all want right. food they all what do they don't want, food. want is clothing yeah weird so give <laughs> them naked guys food. <laughs> it's just like it's like with anything like if you're gonna 
tap into your spirit guides or your ancestors or whatever beings you know you want to put put something out there you could put a, a cup with milk and honey flowers. in it yeah, yeah flowers some cake some cream they love yeah, that shit there you go they they do they love <laughs> that shit Oh my God. So it also says, oh yeah. So uh, offering stones or herbs and it says tobacco or sage is a regular native offering. Sure. So like if, you know, that's a, that there makes you go. sense. For the, the, the United States that is. So if you're encountering a land guardian in the United States, it's likely a, you know, Native American spirit mm. style mm-hmm. land guardian, mm-hmm. not a, not a fae British style. Right. One, We're right? not so in Ireland. Tobacco so, and sage and yeah. pretty rocks. So, no, no cream and cake. No <laughs> That's <too> clothing. <laughs> yeah, don't give them a crumpet. What the fuck are you doing? Sorry, that was our bad. That was our. Don't listen to we're us. Misleading you guys. We're no one. Ever, we didn't say we were the experts. Okay. We barely even remember what oh we talk about podcast to podcast. So yeah. Oh my god. Right. So it says uh, intention and gratitude and respect is an important part of releasing the foreboding feeling of a land guardian. Of course. So, um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting, too, because I remember one time, like in the eighth grade, I was uh, like into like, oh, can I feel like the energy of an area? And like I would feel kind of pushed around sometimes. Mm. And I wonder if I was experiencing like ley line pushes Mm. like, oh, like my body is dowsing. Mm. like and I, as a kid I was like oh what is this I don't know mm. <laughs> like, I feel like eighth grade yeah. was like that was a real like um like you were really tapping into your shit in eighth grade. oh I was definitely no. the weird one were, I was not I, I just I feel like not, it was um <laughs> it was almost like a turning point in your life of like we're gonna I am a witch I'm gonna do wicca I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna. I, I just like a lot of. There were a lot of things that happened in that time. We went deep in the eighth grade. Luckily, we didn't stay that deep. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Oh man. Did you? Maybe you did. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I stopped wearing the the black lipstick. <laughs> Look, we don't do the cosmetics, but everything else is pretty much the same. <laughs> Oh my god. So then I've got a little bit on corpse roads, fairy paths and ley lines corpse and how roads. those are all I know, right? I'm yeah. What? Let's let's see what this says, right? Spirits travel the earth in straight lines. Ley lines. In Britain and throughout Europe there's something called a corpse road. A corpse road was a path taken by funerary procession, a funerary procession to move the dead to its burial p- I can't talk right now. <laughs> to move the pla- uh, move the dead to its burial place, a churchyard typically. So terrifying stories are told of otherworldly creatures on corpse roads. A headless black dog, ghostly lights known as corpse lights, Ooh. which didn't we say like a bog something or whatever? Oh, right? yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, and then uh, and soul-sucking wraiths have all haunted these terrifying trails. Is it no wonder that these corpse roads lo- run along ancient ley lines? And then uh, it says, imagine a fairy chain stretched from mountain peak to mountain peak as far as the eye could reach. And that's just like a little excerpt of Alfred Watkins from the old straight track, 1925. Of course. That's that book that everyone's got to have, right? Yep. So uh, fairy pathways, um, fairies, uh, we did a whole episode on this. 
the the wee folk or the seed are known to travel along these specified paths as well. There are many tales in the British Isles and Ireland that point to fairy pathways leading to hills and traveling over fairy bridges. So these paths also happen to follow ley lines. Mm. Folks are warned never to travel a fairy path during twilight hours. You can listen to the fairy episode. You'll know why. Um, yeah. Or at night for, uh, for fear of the fae. So... Um, we have the dead, wraiths, fairies, all traveling along these ancient energetic grid lines. But why? But why? <laughs> Ley lines today. Why are they important? It doesn't say why. Okay, fine. But why? Why are they important? No. And we leave you with a question. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, so we why should we care about that? Let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's where this article went. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So, um, <laughs> they were like, you know what? I think I need a sandwich to finish this article. <laughs> right. I'm going to come back to this part. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So, so why should we care and how do they affect us? Though it seems an outdated idea, ley lines affect us now just as much as ever. If you're a believer in energetic vibrations, if you believe mother earth is a living being, then you'll understand why ley lines are important. I like to think of them as mother earth's veins, sacred sites where the earth allows us to easily tap into her essence. If you feel revitalized after taking a dip in the ocean, uh, hiking in the mountains, or dipping your feet into a creek, then you'll feel the potency of being near or on a ley line, which I mean, you know, I feel like most beautiful, amazing places in the earth are like just really rejuvenating. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel really like in my, my element when I'm in the ocean no surprise mm -hmm. I'm a double cancer I mean I <laughs> was I've born and raised uh you know in a beach town so I'm not really surprised and I don't know that that means that I'd know if I was on a ley line I'm not sure I, I agree I totally agree I'm like well I'm like in super foggy like dramatic landscape big sur carmel like yeah it's hard to be mad when you're looking at this landscape like it's always awesome and you always feel like i'm i'm so blessed <laughs> and it's like it's just it's like it's so as long as you're so, paying attention i'm sure there's plenty yeah. of people that don't it's yeah no it's it's like i love living here like every different kind of shape that the landscape takes throughout different weather and everything is just like Oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, and then I travel and I see other beautiful things. And then, and then I come home and I'm like, ah, I know why people travel here. Mm -hmm. I know why this is a huge tourist location. Yep. <laughs> it's incredible. Yep. But yeah, so uh, it says uh, ley, ley lines. Uh, wait, whoa, hold on. Uh, oh yeah. No, that was it. Uh, so <laughs> ley lines affect our daily lives in many ways. If your home is on a ley line, it may take the energy to a more intense or chaotic place, right? We just talked about that. Oh. You may not be able to relax or sleep. That's why I think that Joshua Tree places gotta be like that. Your home may experience paranormal activity, including ghostly apparitions, disembodied voices, and visits from the Fae and elementals. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the house I'm in right now is not on a ley line. It is not like that, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in places where I feel like that was not the case. Um, so... If your business is on a ley line, you may find an increase in energy. That energy may have increased amounts of positive or negative effects. So, you know, 
Uh, your business may be haunted or experience supernatural activity according to employees or customers which i worked in a gym one time that was so haunted oh. i had to go in there what? oh my god Ugh. where uh, it was the, so this was in monterey it was like in our last episode i was like i used to have this job where i woke up at the crack of dawn i actually had to be up at 4 a.m every day to like go open the gym Nightmare. and um you know in the earlier hours um it was like sometimes I would see, I, I would always see the sun. Actually, no, I would always see the sunrise out of the windows of the gym. So, like, I would see that weird morning lightning that's like, that's just stays up in the clouds. Oh, it's just like purple flashes. Yeah. And so I'd see that all the time. Um, just like when I worked at like this Hyatt in the uh, Big Sur, I'd just see dolphins every morning. It was like, it's like so cool to Amazing. live here. I love it. So, yeah. So I worked in this gym. It was literally like, I was like, 19 or 20 I think I was 19 and I turned 20 when I was working there so it was just like a job you know like getting by and like it was early in the morning and it was Monday through Friday so I was like cool and I and I started teaching kids in the afternoon so I'd like work a really early day and then like teach kids in the afternoon so it was kind of like a cool life and um free gym membership too so <laughs> awesome <Love> that. <laughs> yeah so uh so I, you know but it was this kind of interesting building where it was like on a hillside so like the the first floor was the upper floor and then it had a lower floor mm. as the second floor so um the second floor was like you, you go in through the the front and then you have to go down in order to like open the whole gym. Yeah. And uh, that was where the locker rooms were. And people had died in that building. Like, se like not um, too long before I had worked there. There's someone drove their car into the pool. <gasps> and like, yeah. So and then an there was another pool? guy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And yeah. And then the the craziest thing about that was that the parking lot was like above the pool. So it like went over like this like very flimsy little fence down into the pool and flipped over. Yeah. Imagine, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the, was yeah. that a suicide attempt? There, I mean, or a It was it was just like a old person who kind of lost their marbles. Yeah, and lost their marble. I don't know like what happened to them, but oh. it was an older person. And there were gym people. I was not oh. working there when that happened, oh. but there were people that would come in and talk about it every day because it was like so traumatizing and they're like yeah oh my what God. therapy like, yeah and they would just like come in and just talk about it. no gym culture man the people that were at those gyms every day the, oh my god i could write a book on that <laughs> but, so, so the um so that was what there's another one there, there's like a guy who was like uh, i think he was i don't know if he was lifting weights or if he was on i think he was on a treadmill and he had a heart attack and died <sighs> bam and like working there i had to be i mean i had already been trained in cpr thanks girl scouts but i had to keep my cpr um on you yeah know, uh like up i to had date. to keep my cpr up to date and like you know ready to go because uh people could just drop in the you know i had to be like ready i had to know how to use an aed i had to know exactly what to do in the case that someone would drop and that, so that's like working at a gym. Yeah. So it's like, and, and oh my God, there was one time uh, someone fell in the shower and oh. I had to call 911. Yeah. Like it's not, it's no joke. Like working in a place like that, it's like people are using their bodies, you know? And so it's just like something's going to happen. And old lady fell in the shower. It was really sad. And she didn't want me to call 911. And she'd want, she was just like sitting there like, don't call anyone. <laughs> I was like, I'm calling someone. <laughs> I think she was just embarrassed, you know. Yeah. She was also, I think, like, 
your she didn't she, the English wasn't her first oh, I'm language. just gonna let you sit here for Anyhow, a while so, oh so uh talking about yeah this gym oh my god so I had to go down and it was it was definitely um a building where people had died like probably a long time ago and recently and uh I would go down there and almost every morning I would hear something I would hear something I would hear something that sounded like someone working out the clank of weights or sounded like a machine kind of like like you know on and off and like what is that that what <laughs> like and it's just like you know just weird yeah. like hearing the sliding of something like you know how some machines slide right like the bench slides or whatever like a rower or something or hearing like something kind of like like um if it was like a loose yeah. piece of a machine yeah. like kind of clank like uh like if it was swaying or something and it's like there's no, there's no reason for anything to be moving down there. Like, Oof. oh my God. And then going to the bathrooms one day. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is going to go into the podcast or not, but wow. there me. was, there was one time that I was like going into the men's locker room to, <laughs> to open for the day. And I was so scared. I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, what am I hearing? I just heard this like, <laughs> like crazy sound. And I was like, what is going on? And I, and I was like, I, I called my, my coworker to come. I was, he, we had like separate jobs to like, he was doing upstairs and I was downstairs and I was like, I need you to come down here. Like, I don't know. I think there's like an animal or something in the men's sauna and we go in there and I'm like, I can't, I'm so scared. And we're like yelling and we're like, trying to, like scare whatever it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like underneath the men's sauna bench there was like a broken dildo like rolling around. Oh my god. And my coworker who's a man was like to- he, he he almost threw up, which I thought was really funny. And he was like could not handle it. And I had to deal with it. Oh my god. He can't walk cuz he's like, "Oh my god, someone had this in their butt." Oh yeah. no. So, but yeah, every, yeah, yeah, every morning I heard something in there though. And I was not the only one. Other coworkers were like, yeah, every, and it's something different every time. It was, Was yeah. Was a nice gym? It was, it was nice. It was privately owned. It was like a a small business gym, but Mm -hmm. it was large. It's now, they sold out to Gold's Gym, so now it's a Gold's Gym. But it was, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So, anyway, just sort of a really rando uh yeah so maybe there was a maybe you should go back super and see if you can feel the energy (laughs) that's the thing with like all this stuff it's like oh you know like it can be because like it the energy of this can seem like all of these things and i'm like so what is what is anything what is what (laughs) like god damn it you know what if it just doesn't matter why totally just things are happening yeah, totally. And yeah, if you guys, if, if you visit Monterey and you come to the Monterey and Airport, it's the gym. It's the Gold's Gym right by the Monterey Airport. What so I would love to be what, aware. My favorite experiment Spooky. to be on this would be <laughs> gather like three to five people who consider themselves very tuned in, very spiritual. And then just independently, don't let them know that anybody else is coming. You're here. Yeah. You're getting their expert opinion. Is this a haunting? Is this a ley line? What's the energy in this area? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, see yeah. what they say. Right. That's a good idea. And then what if right. you got get, three different answers? Opinions. Totally. Because uh, yeah. what's the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And then, the yeah, and maybe it's, it's however you interact with it, too. So maybe you're inter- encountering some energy. Who knows what it is? But it's like however you, if you name it, and then you can interact with it in a certain way to clear it, then, hey, there you go. Right? Yeah. There you go. So um, it says, uh, let's see, how to find ley lines near you. How to find ley lines near you. I'm curious about <laughs> this. And then what? And then we're just, we're just going to sit with the question. This one not right. gonna answer it either. They're just gonna stop. Just gonna, uh, like, yeah. Can, and it's time for another it. sandwich. <laughs> Pretty busy. <laughs> Gotta go. I love it. So let's say, uh, let's see. It says, uh, first thing I suggest. <laughs> first thing I suggest is to think of your local area and think of the if there are any significant historical landmarks. If you live in Europe, there are literally thousands, which you know we don't. Um, if you live in the United States, I recommend looking specifically at native or sacred sites like caves, man-made mounds, burial grounds. Ancient natives were in tune with nature and knew of ley lines intimately. In Morgan Hill, close by, there's one called Shatoktok. It's like the oldest cave, like Indian, like Native American, that is, carvings. Like, yeah, super. Shatoktok. Yeah, like right in Morgan Hill. It's like never heard of it. Serious, I know it's serious archaeology. And then here in uh, in uh, Monterey, we have uh, Garland Regional Park has some really cool old Native American stuff there. Mm. But I'd also say like Monterey in general is a crazy town energetically. People believe that there are like crystals under the ground here that just like really amplify the energy because it's just like. It's a crazy place. We are the only, I think I've told you this before, we're the only place in the United States that was ever attacked by, like, pirates, like, Blackbeard style. What? And that there, yeah, and that, like, if there, you can see, like, the classic landscape of Monterey and, like, the adobe landscape of Monterey and, like, where things don't, like, where there should be a building and there's not and it's because it was burned down by pirates. Oh. <laughs> I know. And we have, like, the like this old jail and, like, this the city hall where like California's constitution was signed and like we have like all of these really cool this is like out like, by Fisherman's it, Wharf is it that stuff that little zone it's um yeah yeah and it's like right down the street from my house by the like, Maritime Museum oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah so like yeah. that and whole the Mar- little... and then and the, yeah that area though too I mean there's like they believe that there's like bodies buried in the wall of the customs house so there's like all kinds of dude oh, Jesse and I almost stuff got in married in that garden Oh, no way. Oh, that would have been cool. That's, I yeah. I like where you got cool. married, though. You had a great time. But, so it was yeah. good. But, yeah. So, no, it was – um. there's a lot of stuff in Monterey that, that really is very, like – people believe Monterey has some kind of weird energy going on. And, um, totally. I, I would say, like, if you're in the United States, you can look at Native American stuff. I think that's totally legit. But also, like, I know Monterey has some hot spots for energy. Uh, and we also have, like, a Freemason lodge, like, right in the middle of town. So it's like, you know, Illuminati. Anywho, so um, how to find ley lines uh, in your area. Uh, Let's see. Um, This person is just giving a personal anecdote. But if you Google ley line maps plus United States, then there are dozens of maps, dozens of maps accessible online. So, um, Wow, this person's really sassy. They're like, please don't ask me to provide you with a map. It's as simple as the Google search. <laughs> I think you just said that. It's chill. Okay. <laughs> wow. How about this? Calm so, down. Yeah, once you, once, you, <laughs> once you have a ley line map, print it out and lay it on top of a local map to see where the lines 
uh, travel and intersect. So again, that's Googling ley line maps plus United States, like the plus symbol. Anywho, um, following, uh, let's see, this person is speaking allegorically and I don't need it. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't need it. <laughs> Um, so then, oh yeah, so so after you find your ley line map and you lay it over your area to see where they intersect, you can take a trip to confirm that. So um, you can, uh, you know, treat it like a sacred journey. You want to clear, cleanse your energy, ground it. You can smoke cleanse. You can do shower bath cleansing. You can also like just do an energy, uh, you know, a meditation or like a chakra connection and healing touch is what we would call it, like a little personal healing. Um and it says you want to be as spiritually pure as possible um, so that the inter- the energies are easier for you to sense. So uh, it also says please take a pendulum so that you can just, uh, you know, not, not wonder uh, what you're sensing. So um, it says you can use a pendulum to douse and find certain areas at the site uh, that have a high energetic charge. Stop in places where you feel the energy the strongest and then hold your pendulum out and let the pendulum swing on its own. Um, if it does nothing, which they doubt if you've ever found a ley line, then move to another spot. So um, you will find a, a strong swing in the pendulum if you are with the ley line. So um, that's kind of all that says. I think um, that is kind of self-explanatory. We kind of said that stuff already. So, sh- yeah, um, kind of don't don't just go looking for them. Right. Like kind of get yourself an idea. What are I like? I don't know why I, t- I walk my dog by these like super energetic sp- spots all the time. And I don't take a pendulum or stop to check. And en- I'm just walking. I should try that sometime. Take my pendulum out on a dog walk and report back. Check on some of the energy. Yeah. And I want to find out. Monterey is crazy. I- I'm going to have to see what our energy lines look like in Monterey I bet they're pretty fun yeah I was trying to figure out what like uh how you could figure out what the lines were and Mm -hmm. when I was looking I saw like a reddit post that was like ley lines map North America I was like ooh, and then it was for gaming it was for gaming purposes so I was like (laughs) it hurts (laughs) I got so so many websites so many things I found where it was like for a game and I was just like god damn it not (laughs) right I refuse um, to try to find any truth in this because this is for gaming so fuck (laughs) you guys and I just didn't I just bounced out I know and I did notice when I was searching for the term ley lines that it is used in different ways and that this is one idea of the phrase but that it's used in different ways right um but yeah so google google search that you guys Leyline maps plus United States, and uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, that's all I got, really. I mean, um, yeah, that's Perfect. how you find them. It's how you use them. That's what the energy uh, people would say about this shit. So there you go. I said it. I said it. You don't have to look now. She said it. <laughs> we said it. You know everything that you need to know about them, unless you choose to do more research. And then you're welcome to do that. And you can make your own podcast and talk about it if you want to. <laughs> we're just feeling sassy. It's the next episode, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're just of closing the out this season. Of the, you know? We're just closing out this season with a little bit of sass. 
<laughs> so if this wasn't good enough for you, why don't you go read a book? Okay? Why don't you watch a really boring video on YouTube? Okay? I challenge you. And then feel free to write us an email. Um, I think it's... You can also do that if you just really enjoyed the show yeah of course this you don't have to try to challenge us i would prefer that you don't but i'm open to it i'm always and I, you know i have some stuff in my human design where i am always ready to fight i'm a, i'm a fighter hey, you know that's the that's the energy that makes change in the world it's good yeah i love just, it you know, I'm, what, I'm sloth what, energy manifester what, what fights are worth my energy you know oh my probably God. not fighting about the ley lines but <laughs> i could get really worked up about it if i felt like it so um but if you have experiences with the ley lines i'm thinking of one of you i know that you listen and i would love to hear what your stories are i think you know who you are and if you're questioning <laughs> is it me it probably is you um <laughs> I'd love to know your stories or anybody who has experience with ley lines or knows about them or maybe has a really weird uncle who's into this shit and you know some stories. We'd love to know. Send us a DM on Instagram. Um, links are in the show notes for everything because I don't really remember what it is. I think it's spiritual.spectrum.pod. And you can email us at spiritualspectrumpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. And you guys, wow, we did one whole You can season. also send us audio clips to our email from your voice memo app in your phone and, and we'll just shoot it on in. Yeah, and you can send us audio clips on Instagram as well. I don't know if we can take those off of the phone and put them onto the show. Oh, that's a good I could, like, point. record it and make it sound crappy, maybe. But uh, we definitely, we definitely we'll figure it out. Yeah. So anyway, so connect, thanks guys. So much. Thanks so much for tuning in this season. And yeah. we're going to take a break um, mm -hmm. because we deserve it. And... Mm -hmm. and then we're going to come back at you, season two, in the fall. What are we thinking? September? sometime yeah something like that end of september we'll, we'll, we'll announce on instagram yeah so you should follow us there you guys yeah follow us we, there we post memes <laughs> elena makes memes and she's good at it <laughs> and i hardly post anything and uh barely contribute at all to our online presence <laughs> and i'm all good i'm gonna work on that <laughs> <laughs> season two baby season two <laughs> It's going to be a whole new me. I'm going to do so much more work to promote this podcast. Maybe. We'll see. I just, you know what I need is the break. Um, just kidding. It'll be fine. It doesn't really I matter. Love it. It's all for fun. It's all for fun. It's good. Um, but yeah, if you have feedback, if you want to, um, you know, like I said, tell us stories, send us a message, tell your friends, share the pod. Uh, we're not going anywhere. We're just taking a brief hiatus. So we'll be back. And it's going to be spooky season when we get back. Oh, yeah. So, you know, things are going to get kind of That's spooky. It's going to get pretty fun. Um, although, speaking of spooky season, I came across, well, my friend sent me an astrology post where this person uses, like, Chinese astrology. But I guess this is, like, the seventh month of something. And so the veil is really thin right now. According now? According to Chinese astrology. Now? Now is spooky time, you guys. It's, um, I don't know, but maybe it's spooky season now. We know it's going to be spooky season in a little bit when we come back. And so stay tuned. Yeah. Tell your friends. We'll figure out a good one for you guys. Yeah. Or you can always tell us what a good spooky thing would be. Right. If you've got an idea <laughs> of uh, something that you'd like to hear us talk about, um, hit us up. Let us know. 
We're always open to suggestions, and we reserve the right to do whatever we feel like, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, because so, it's our show. Not yours. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know that reference, which I think we made on one of the very first episodes, then I really appreciate that about you. So yeah, keep it nice up. bookend. <laughs> keep it up. Yeah, we're just bookending. Duh. Intentional. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in season two. In season two. Bye. Bye. The Spiritual Spectrum is an original podcast created by Taylor Whitmer, produced by Elena Music. You can send your connections to the show to spiritualspectrumpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to include you in a future episode. Find us on Instagram at spiritual.spectrum.pod. There you can stay informed of any future releases as well as catch any photos that are related to the episodes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks.